This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead, so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by Chef. Cruise Radio is brought to you by InsureMyTrip.com. Travel insurance done right from the people who know travel insurance. Find out more at InsureMyTrip.com. Broadcasting from the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Happy to have you here, my friend. On this show, listener Joe Tolley from Charlotte, North Carolina, checks in. He just did a seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing aboard Carnival Conquest, and he'll check in a little later on in the program. But a lot of cruise news happening lately. Uh, wow, we'll just jump right to it with Stuart Chiron, the cruise guy. What's up, Stuart? Hey, Doug. Doing well yourself? Good, man. Let's jump right to it. Celebrity Cruises orders two more cruise ships. Give us a scoop. Well, the uh, latest is that uh, the ships are slightly smaller then the Solstice-class ships uh, that's going to be deemed Project Edge. They're going to build two 2,900-passenger ships that are going to be 117,000 tons instead of the 122 to the 126 that the uh, previous five were. And they're going to take a lot of the uh, combination from the Solstice and the Millennium-class and combine them together. Uh, one of the things that uh, the former president of Celebrity had said that uh, they're trying to get the you know make the ships a little bit more intimate so they can get into smaller ports, but you know a five thousand ton difference is not a big deal. Yeah, it went from like what just over a thousand to just under a thousand two in length, right? Correct. Uh, moving on here, Carnival Cruise Lines offering longer itineraries for twenty fifteen and twenty sixteen. What are we going to see? We're going to see uh, some some interesting changes. They're going to be doing uh, ten to fourteen day cruises on six different ships between October. 15 and February 16, and you know, based on some popular demand, uh, some some passengers would like to see extended calls, so they'll spend more time in ports. Um, you know, one of the ports that was mentioned was uh, Nassau. Um, I, I just don't see many people asking for extended time there. Kings Wharf and uh, Bermuda and St. Martin and St. Thomas. They're going to do an overnight in Bermuda on some sailings. So, I mean, it, it's nice to see some additional time for passengers. I mean, the days at sea are great. Additional ports are great, and uh, some some you know additional time in some of these ports uh, will really make a difference. But it's nice to see that Carnival Cruise Lines is expanding their horizons versus. You know, the typical just a seven-night sailing, especially the sailings uh, on, on, on ships departing out of uh, Baltimore. It's, it's nice to see, you know, New Orleans, you know, the, the very first time we're going to see uh, an 11-day sailing out of New Orleans, and it's going to include Bermuda. It's never happened before. Yeah, that's kind of, uh, what do they say, going around your knee to get to your elbow? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, interesting. But, but, you know, I mean, for passengers that are sailing from the Midwest, from New Orleans, let's say Tampa, uh, you know, the Houston, Galveston area, it's nice to be able to offer some different itineraries versus the traditional uh, Western Caribbean or Florida Bahamas itineraries. Moving on to Norwegian Cruise Line, they just announced a big partnership. Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville is going to be actually putting uh, a, a, a restaurant as well as a bar, the 5 o'clock somewhere bar to be specific, nice. <laughs> uh, on board the ship. And they uh, unveiled this uh, last week at their all-employee meeting which uh, I happened to uh, go to, 
and uh, they surprised uh, the audience uh, with the announcement of Jimmy Buffett's uh, Margaritaville and uh, the bar. And uh, he actually came in. Uh, Jimmy Buffett was there, put on a nice performance. Uh, unbelievable how many NCL employees uh, were there, which uh, also included for the first time the uh, Prestige Cruise brands, Oceana and Region employees were there as well. So uh, it was uh, quite, a, quite an affair. They say there, uh, Doug, fins up. <laughs> and I also, uh, speaking of fins up, there's going to be a Margaritaville also installed on their private island of Great Stirrup K. And also, right. it was, a, it was a Belize there where they're developing right, the, uh, the Harvest K that uh, they're building out yeah. there. So it's, I mean, they're going to go, they're going to go crazy with it. It is an absolute perfect association, a partnership between the two companies. They're a lot of fun. This next story is uh, rather interesting. It really didn't come out as a surprise because there's been speculation, but uh, Richard Branson from Virgin is now going into the cruise business, I, I read. Well, we, we've heard this uh, a few times, and most recently, I guess it was back in March of 2014, and you may recall uh, you know, us pointing that out, that it's not the first time. Uh, we joked that uh, maybe uh, he'll, he'll uh, combine forces with uh, Australia's uh, Clive Palmer, who's built... <laughs> the who, Titanic been, guy. <laughs> yeah, he's been trying to build uh, Titanic too. And uh, maybe they could call it uh, Virgin Titanic. Uh, let's go down together. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, you know, now, I mean, the, 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 the big credibility piece here is that he did secure uh, funding from Bain Capital. And uh, they announced their first hire, which is uh, Tom McAlpin. Who is uh, you know who is a former one of the former uh, Disney Cruise Line uh, presidents? Mm-hmm. So he's got a lot of uh, experience because uh, you know, he grew up through the uh, uh, Disney uh, Cruise uh, founding, and uh, so that adds a great deal of credibility. Uh, there's all kinds of speculation about what the ship will look like. We'll, we'll kind of see what happens. I mean, you know, there's nothing to there's nothing to read into it. Some people are speculating that. You know, the ship design's done. He's going to shake things up. I mean, we've, we've heard this so many times before. And, uh, you know, it, it certainly will bring some, you know, some excitement. Uh, you know, Richard Branson will have a, a small part of it. Uh, he doesn't invest a lot of money mm-hmm. like he does in all of the different ventures. It's, uh, you know, he kind of puts a little bit together, uh, puts the people together, licenses his name, and, uh, you know, other entities uh, tend to fund it. So, well, we'll see how it goes out, but uh, I mean, you know, the bar will certainly be set very high. Uh, you know, some people are like luxury. No, it's definitely not going to be luxury if uh, what what is reported to be a a large four thousand passenger ship. I know one thing is safe to say: two thousand and fourteen has been the year of the cruise line CEOs with. Everyone switching positions, going in, going out. So now it looks like Royal Caribbean and Celebrity are both getting new CEOs. Well, Doug, I think you could uh, call this uh, musical chairs. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's you know, one foot in and one foot out. Uh, let's do the hokey pokey. Um, but uh, essentially, Michael Bailey, the now former CEO of Celebrity Cruises, is now moving over to become C- president and CEO of Royal Caribbean International. And Lisa Lutoff Perlow, who was the uh, executive uh, VP at uh, Royal Caribbean, is moving back uh, to Celebrity, and she will take uh, Michael Bailey's position as president and CEO of Celebrity. Hmm. And uh, it's it's an exciting move, I, I think, because it's actually going to be the first time in our industry's history where the top three you know positions of, of president, CEO, senior VP of sales, senior VP of marketing are all handled by women. Hmm. And I think it's a, it's a, great, it's a great sign of uh, Royal Caribbean's diversity and forward thinking. 
uh, all three of these women uh, are, are really terrific. And uh, you know, you know, adding the you know the two new shifts for a celebrity, uh, of which you know Lisa actually was previously with celebrity and spearheaded the uh, construction efforts and design efforts of the Solstice class ships of many of the Solstice class ships. So. Mm. She's very well qualified, and people will be very excited uh, as she leads, you know, celebrity uh, in the years to come. Exactly. And uh, in closing here, Stuart, Voyager of the Seas just underwent a $80 million renovation. What did she get? Well, it, uh, you know, it got uh, some additional cabins. Uh, they added uh, the Flowrider, which, uh, you know, is, is being added to many of the other Voyager-class ships. Mm-hmm. Um, you know the vir- you know, some the virtual balcony uh, staterooms, uh, the, the 3D cinema, and uh, some digital signage. So uh, it's it's some uh, some exciting stuff that'll make a difference. Uh, these you know, additional cabins were added. The dining rooms were were, were changed around. Portofino's restaurant uh, in the Windjammer Cafe was turned into Chops Grill. Cool. You know they they made some nice additions. Made it you know refresh it. Remember Voyager's 15 years old. It was, uh, you know, at the time, the largest ship in the world, uh, very groundbreaking. It was the first to have, you know, the rock climbing walls and the ice skating rinks. It certainly was due for uh, some updating. So it's going to be very good for, you know, the ship as it sails, as it applies the Australian waters. And then as it heads uh, back to uh, return to uh, Singapore in, uh, in April of 2015. And that wraps up a busy week of cruise news. You can find him on Twitter at CruiseGuy or CruiseGuy.com. Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Thank you, my friend. Hey, Doug, my pleasure. From the Space Coast to the West Coast, this is Cruise Radio. How many times have you said, that'll never happen to us? Vacations are a big investment with both time and money, and they should be protected. For over a decade, InsureMyTrip.com has been the online travel insurance leader, offering the best plans from the most trusted providers. Our licensed and award-winning customer service team makes sure you have the right coverage for your travel. To find out why over 98% of travelers would recommend InsureMyTrip, visit InsureMyTrip.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. You're listening to Cruise Radio, part of the iHeartRadio Talk Network. We always like getting your listener reviews. If you have one you'd like to share, just email comments at cruiseradio.net, like listener Joe Tully did from Charlotte, North Carolina. He just returned from a seven-night Caribbean cruise, Eastern Caribbean cruise aboard Carnival Conquest out of Miami, and he joins us right now. Hello, Joe. Hey, Doug. How you doing? Good, man. It's been a long time. Good to hear from you. So uh, you sailed on Carnival Conquest. Ship launched in 2002, renovated the Fun Ship 2.0 in 2012. So let's talk about the cruise experience aboard Carnival Conquest. So uh, before we get to the actual ship itself, Joe, what made you want to take this seven-night Eastern Caribbean sailing? This particular choice was due to a little bit of budget because uh, we had some good vacation opportunities earlier this year. So I uh, wanted to do something that had a decent itinerary, but still on the on the inexpensive side. Being Thanksgiving week, you know, I know they're going to have a little bit of accelerated price 
taxes on some cruises. So we ended up defaulting to this one because mm-hmm. of the Eastern itinerary. And I had never been to Puerto Rico before. So that was one of the driving forces behind it. Very cool. We'll talk about this port here in a little bit. But let's get to the ship itself uh, and start at embarkation. So how was embarkation for you and the family at Port Miami? Embarkation was really, really good. We went ahead and got the faster to the fun pass. Mm-hmm. Um wanted to try that out because we really wanted to just get on the ship as soon as possible. And if this is any indication, I've discovered that our parking pass had us checked in at nine Oh one. So got there a bit early, uh, but we got on the ship, uh, about 1130, something like that. Um, and we were just behind the priority boarding on that. Um, so yeah, the embarkation process was really nice. We actually got there basically before the crowds got there. Very good. What were your first impressions of carnival conquest? Uh, being in a little bit of an older ship, it has, you know, that wonderful carnival. There is no such thing as white space design. (laughs) (laughs) The theme of the ship is really interesting because it was based on old Renaissance artists. Mm -hmm. So all of the different rooms were, were named after uh, master painters and there was replicas all over the place and, uh, every indication of, of classical, uh, Renaissance art all over the ship. So it was, it was really nice, even though it was a, it was a bit loud. Yes. Let's talk about your stateroom then. You made your way onto the ship through the atrium. You had faster to the fun, so you didn't have to wait to get into your stateroom. You could proceed right to it. So what kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? Uh, well, first of all, just to, uh, just to give a little uh, indication, uh, I am cheap. Mm-hmm. So uh, we always go for the inside cabin okay. just because we hardly ever spend any time in the cabin sure, anyway. Right. So I, I just want to spend more money on the ship and Absolutely. on the excursions themselves. we got an inside cabin. Surprisingly, it actually felt very roomy mm-hmm. for as small as it was. Um, and one thing that we did that we did that we haven't done before is we actually split the king size bed in half uh-huh. so that me and my wife actually slept, slept in separate beds for the first time. <laughs> With the kids' bunks uh, above us. So that actually gave us a lot more room. The bathroom itself, um, you know, typical bathroom, it did seem, again, a little bit more roomier mm-hmm. than, than normal, which is very surprising. But it, not saying it was a roomy room, though. You, my friend, should win an award. Seven Night Cruise, Three Girls, Interior Cabin. <laughs> wow. Well, I spent a lot of time in the <laughs> actually it sounds weird, but I spent a lot of time in the men's shower. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that's where I took that's where I took my daily showers actually. Okay, gotcha. A little little space there for you then. So you uh you get settled in, you go grab a bite to eat, and with Carnival Conquest going through Funship two point back in two thousand and twelve, you had a lot of food options. So uh where did you eat and what were your impressions of the food on Carnival Conquest? Take a guess. I'm I'm gonna say guys burger joint if you're anything like me. I went straight to the burgers. Nice. <laughs> and uh, I have to be honest with you, that was the best burger I've ever had. Yeah. That was, was that your first one? Yes, that was my first one. Okay. It just, it shocked me. It was just so good. Actually, uh, on day five, I had my first official Guy's Burger Joint dream. <laughs> I haven't gotten that far yet. Uh, wow. A Guy's Burger Joint dream. That could be yeah. a different show altogether. Uh, what did you think about <laughs> the, uh, the Lido Buffet area and everything else that was added? Okay, first of all, Guy's Burger Joint was great. The Blue Iguana, my uh, girls really liked the burritos, and I uh, sampled their burritos, and they were really, really good as well. Mm-hmm. The Lido uh, cafeteria area itself, the buffet, I actually wasn't too impressed with. Right. Um, it seemed very, very typical, and it, it, there wasn't anything shocking about it at all. 
Um, we did have the deli a couple of times, and that was really good. And then the pizza in the back was spot on. The pizzas were great. So what were your impressions of the main dining room? Uh, the main dining room, beautiful design, again, with the Renaissance painters. One was called the Monet. The other was called the Renoir, sorry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Eiffel, little Eiffel Towers accenting everywhere. Uh, the food itself, it was very up and down. We had two elegant nights, and the food was just a tad better than okay. Mm-hmm. And then wasn't really that great on the other couple of nights there. Okay. So it was very surprising. Now, we did go to the Sea Day brunch, and that was absolutely delicious. What did you have at the Sea Day brunch? Uh, I got to have Eggs Benedict on the brunch. Mm-hmm. And, of course, the Bloody Mary. You got to have the Bloody Mary from the Bloody Mary bar there at the Sea Day brunch. So one thing Carnival did with entertainment is when Funship 2.0 launched, they took all their Broadway-type shows and consolidated them to 30-minute shows with playlist productions. They also brought on uh, game shows and other activities on board. So what did you think of the entertainment on board Carnival Conquest? I thought it was great. I really, really dig the half-hour format Mm -hmm. um, just because of attention span and with so much to do on the ship anyway. It gives you the opportunity to go to do do more exploring. This particular cruise had four different shows. um, And again, not to compare it to the the, the new Quantum of the Seas 270 Mm -hmm. room, but uh, they've got these big huge display uh, tv displays in the background as the backdrop for the uh the singers or the performers and it was just really really dramatic uh shows the the four different ones that we saw um then we also did the uh hasbro uh family game show Mm -hmm. in there and that was really 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 fun my daughter tried desperately to get up on stage but to no avail (laughs) was not able to get up there did you check out the comedians at all oh we did this cruise i've actually never seen a comedian on a ship before and uh, there were four comedians on this one um so of course we saw the family entertainment version of the comedians but the two of them were excellent and the other i mean the other two were good as well but the first two that we saw were were really spot on had had me on the floor one thing that really defines a cruise ship is how it behaves on sea days when you have so many people on one ship and they're all kind of just stuck there the outdoor areas the pool areas the atrium how did the ship seem to flow to you on sea days and how was the outdoor area in particular it it, it was hit or miss Mm -hmm. the pool area was obviously very crowded and it seemed like half the seats were always taken without anybody sitting in them um the first sea day, um, you know, we had lounge chairs pretty much pretty close to the pool. The, the, the other sea day, we had to get them way off up into the top, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very hit or miss. Um, you, know, you got the Red, from, or Red Frog Rum Bar and then the uh, Blue Iguana Tequila Bar right there on the side. So that was uh, that was a really good benefit of also those places got a little crowded, which um, I guess loosened up some of the pool area because a lot of people were hanging out in those areas. But overall, it was uh, really, really nice. Um, and then they had the, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, sorry, the dive-in movies mm-hmm. at night that a lot of people really, really uh, enjoyed on, on deck up there at night. Yeah, totally. And uh, you were on Thanksgiving week, and so you had a lot of good football happening. Did you get to hang out in the EA Sports Bar at all? I did on a Saturday up mm-hmm. until a time I saw that uh, Marshall lost 67 to 66. Yeah. So kind of walked away from that. Uh, I, oddly enough, it didn't seem like it was very crowded in there. I, I wonder because it's kind of off to the side on deck five mm-hmm. and you have to access it either through the casino or through this relatively small door. Like next shops. To the sh- yeah. Not the shops. 
And so I, I wonder if a lot of people didn't see it because it, I figured it was be packed and it, it, it just looked nice and full. That is the best kept secret on the ship, the EA Sports Bar, because no one ever really finds it until towards the end of the cruise. So it's like if you want to hang out and catch a couple of good games in there uh, before it gets too crazy, a perfect place yeah. to do such. Um, how about did you check out the Alchemy Bar at all? <laughs> I spent a little too much time at the Alchemy Bar. <laughs> I think we all have. <laughs> uh, yeah, I made that discovery on Tuesday and uh, uh, made made really good friends with the bartender there. Mm-hmm. Nice. Um, yeah, that, 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 that place was phenomenal. Uh, highly recommend trying every single thing on the menu. <laughs> now, were you ordering off the menu or did you create your own concoction? I started off of the menu and then a uh, wonderful bartender, Inga, who was from the Ukraine, mm-hmm. I guess saw where my tastes were going. So she started blending some for me. I was a little too, I was a little too scared to uh, make my own. So I allowed her to uh, uh, use my taste and um, she, she made me some special ones herself. So yeah, that was, that was definitely a win. So uh, in closing here, Joe, let's talk about the ports you hit uh, on this seven night Eastern Caribbean itinerary and uh, give us a brief highlight of each port as you're going through them. Uh, okay, first stop was Nassau. I'm not particularly a huge fan of Nassau just because it's very touristy. Um, we just we, on this trip, we wanted to just kind of take a uh, take time to have some local food and some local beers and just kind of do the more of a local trip. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in, Na- in Nassau, we walked up to the fish fry and had lunch at a place called Goldie's Conk House. Okay, and that was really really good. And then the uh, Adestra. I don't remember how to pronounce it. Uh, the gardens were kind of across the street there, so we walked over to the gardens, uh, had a, a nice little impromptu time there, and then took a, tab, a taxi back. So that was really nice. Uh, got to St. Thomas. That's the one I was looking forward to most. And we went over to Sapphire Bay mm-hmm. uh, to go snorkeling, and I was actually very disappointed in Sapphire Bay. It was a very rocky beach. Yeah. I, I didn't want to go to – I wanted to go to Megan's Bay, but there were six ships in port that day, so I was worried about the crowds. Uh, so that's why we decided to go to Sapphire and it was very beautiful, but it was, it's also very rocky. The snorkeling was pretty decent, but it was also very choppy. So it was kind of cloudy. Um, um, let me see. And then we went to Puerto Rico on Thanksgiving day, mental note in the future. Don't ever go to an American port on Thanksgiving day because (laughs) half of everything is closed. Nice. Uh, we actually had five recommendations on restaurants to go there and and we walked to each one of them and the first four were closed. No. So we finally got to the last one, and I had my first official Thanksgiving Day mafongo. Which what is, what is that? It's it's a, apparently a Puerto Rican dish. It is fried plantains that are uh, pummeled or uh, muddled, and then um, mixed with uh, any kind of top protein topping you want. We got chicken, like a roasted chicken, and it was just absolutely delicious with a side of rice and beans. Uh, last stop was Grand Turk. Uh, which ended up being our favorite stop of the of the trip. We were going to go up to. I was just going to get a, a taxi and go up to Pillory Beach mm-hmm. in front of Bahio and just kind of relax on the beach for the day. But my wife uh, decided she wanted to do something else, so she got us a. She did the one thing I didn't want to do, which got which was get an excursion through the ship <laughs> um, to go snorkeling and to uh, play with stingrays over at Gibbs Key. Yeah. And ended up being awesome. That's cool. The, the group that we went with, they were great. They were very hands-on, very um, thorough with their with their tour guide. They weren't very touristy. They weren't like money hungry, like sure. taking pictures and demanding money. I mean, they were a really great group to go with. Um, 
so we did that and then, you know, made it back with about two hours to spare. So then we hung out. Uh, we went up to Jack's Sandbar. Is that oh, yeah, called? Jack Shack. Yeah, Jack Shack. We went up there. Obviously, heard a lot of people talking about that and had some conch and some uh, jerk chicken that was just awesome. Well, Joe, it sounds like you had a great family vacation there. Do you have any first time tips for people who may be sailing the Eastern Caribbean or Carnival Conquest? Two things that really struck me about Carnival Conquest is even though I said the food in the main dining wasn't all that great as far as and the Lido deck, you know, the pizza was great. Uh, Guys was great. Blue Agona was great. And then (laughs) my favorite food part of the ship was a little a little area on the promenade deck called the taste bar oh yeah oh it's just spectacular where they give you a little sampling of some different mm-hmm. restaurants i think they had that open four times during the week okay. and you know, we kept on going back to the back of the line um <laughs> but that's just a great little area um and then also the alchemy bar definitely have to hit that up and see my new friend inga if you get a chance and then the other, the last surprising thing that I uh, really, really enjoyed was the music on the ship as far as the entertainment goes was was great. One of the best ship bands I've ever seen. Their name was Tonic Shock. Mm-hmm. Um, then they had a, 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 a Latin trio band okay. that was really, really good. Uh, I met a, a Latin acoustic guitarist um, who was really phenomenal on there. And then of all things, they had a folk duo that played the lobby a few times and over in the casino and they were excellent as well. Awesome. So it was just, it was all over the place and the music was great. And it was also the best cruise director I've ever had. Who was it? You remember? Yeah. I don't remember his last name, but it was Mike and Rolly. Rolly okay. was the assistant cruise director. But they were just they were excellent the whole time. If you want to catch any of Joe's coverage from his seven night Eastern Caribbean round trip Miami Carnival Conquest sailing, just head to cruisehangout.com. We'll also link to it in the show notes at cruiseradio.net. Joe, my friend, great talking to you again and happy holidays. Thanks, same to you, Doug. All righty, that'll do it. Don't forget about our new player on our homepage at cruiseradio.net. You can browse through all of our past episodes right there from our homepage. And if you want to log on to iTunes and leave us a review, that would be appreciated, too. Thanks again for being here, my friend. From the InsureMyTrip.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida, I'm Doug Parker, and this is Cruise Radio. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the InsureMyTrip.com studios. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, Overseas Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money.